the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You'll begin to act like him and talk like him and sound like him. Others will be reminded of Jesus by you when they're with you and when you speak. And the more we spend time with him, the more we will be like him and the more we will be conformed into his image. I say praise the Lord to that, man. That he changes us. As we are with him, we become like him. Have you ever been around with someone so much that you begin to act like them? Maybe you start adopting their mannerisms or you start saying the same things that they do. God's desire is that we would be more like Jesus, that we would walk, talk, look, and act like Him. After all, He lived a perfect life that we couldn't. If anyone knew how to live it, it was Him. In today's message, Pastor Dan will share that as we get to know Christ more and spend more time with Him, we will begin to look like Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Revelation chapter 10. We're also going to be in the book of Ezekiel chapter 2 and the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29. So Ezekiel chapter 2, Deuteronomy 29 and Revelation 10. Verse 1 says, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer." But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. And so I went to the angel and said to him, 
Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. And then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, You must prophesy against many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Well, if you'll uh, turn with me back to chapter 1 of Revelation. Back in chapter 1, verse 19, Jesus gave us the outline to the entire book of Revelation. Verse 19 of chapter 1, just again, just as a reminder for you, Jesus says to John, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. And that's the outline for the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation has three sections or three divisions to it. The first section are the things which you have seen, the things which John has seen. That's chapter 1. And what did John see in chapter 1? He saw the glorified Jesus Christ in heaven. The second division are the things which are. That's chapters 2 and 3. And that describes the church age. Remember the seven letters to the seven churches, the church age. We live in the church age right now. We're in the church age. And then the third and final division of Revelation is the things which will take place after this or after these things. It's the Greek phrase metatauta, after the church age. And so this third division begins in chapter 4. And it goes all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. Chapter 4 begins with that same Greek word, metatauta, after these things. And so that's the outline for the book of Revelation, the entire book. In chapters 4 and 5, we saw the church in heaven. The church age ends and the church is caught up to heaven. Then beginning in chapter 6, we see the tribulation period. Chapters 6 to 19. And the tribulation period is that seven-year period where God pours out His wrath on a Christ-rejecting, rebellious world. And then at the end of chapter 19, Jesus Christ comes back to the earth and He establishes His kingdom on the earth and He brings the church with Him. And that's when the prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, That's when that prayer will be answered in chapter 19, when Jesus Christ returns. In chapter 20, you have the great white throne judgment. And then in chapters 21 and 22, God creates a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. And we live with God forever and ever and ever on the new earth. That's the book of Revelation. It's pretty easy peasy, isn't it? It's not that hard. It lays out very nicely. Recently we have been looking at the tribulation period that began in chapter 6. And remember, Jesus said of the tribulation period, He said there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And if you've been with us over the last few weeks or months, the description that we have seen of the tribulation has been very remarkable, hasn't it? I mean, it really is mind-blowing, the things that will take place on the earth during the tribulation with God's wrath and judgment upon the earth. And, you know, the world is decimated. Half the world's population is killed 
during the tribulation period as part of this judgment. We saw in chapter 9 over the last couple weeks that the the earth is invaded with millions of, of demons during the tribulation period, and there's all kinds of demonic activity and attacks upon the earth during the tribulation. And then we come to chapter 10 today. And chapter 10 is an interlude. Chapter 10 is what Bible teachers call a parenthetical chapter. It's an intermission. You know, when you go to see a a play or some kind of musical performance, and quite often they'll have an intermission in the middle of the play or in the middle of the performance. It's a break. Chapter 10 is a break. Uh, It gives us an intermission from this description of all of the destruction that will take place in the tribulation period. We saw chapter 7 was also an interlude. Remember chapter 7, that's where the 144,000 Jewish believers were sealed for the service of God. That was kind of a break in the tribulation for us, a little interlude for us. Chapter 10 introduces a second interlude that will continue on into chapter 11 all the way to verse 14. So chapter 10 gives us a break from all of the destruction and all of the death of the tribulation period. And we need a break from it after chapter 9, right? I mean, just it was overwhelming what will take place on the earth. So chapter 10, in verse 1, John sees another angel. Angels are mentioned over 60 times in the book of Revelation. And as we've seen in this study, angels play an important role in carrying out the purposes of God here on the earth. John describes this angel in verse 1 as another mighty angel that comes down from heaven. We saw a mighty angel back in chapter 5. Verse 2, it's the same word that's used in chapter 5, verse 2. And this mighty angel is glorious in his appearance. Look what it says. Not only does he come down from heaven, but he is clothed with a cloud. He has a rainbow on his head as a crown of some sort. His face was like the sun. His feet were like Pillars of fire. Now, these are all characteristics that are associated with God in the scriptures. In the Old Testament, God is identified with a cloud. If you remember, God led the children of Israel through the wilderness by a pillar of, of cloud by day. In Psalm 97, verse 2, it says that God has surrounded himself with clouds. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 44 says, God has covered himself with a cloud. And Luke 21, verse 27, Jesus said of his return to the earth, then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And so clouds are associated with God. Rainbows in the Bible are associated with God. In chapter 4, verse 3, we saw that the throne of God in heaven is surrounded by a rainbow. And here, God's messenger wears a rainbow like a crown. Of course, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood of Noah, of Noah's day, God put a rainbow in the sky as a sign of His promise to never flood the world again with a global flood. 
That's a good reminder after this week, isn't it? To be reminded. He's not going to flood the whole world. He might just flood Frederick, Maryland or something like that. But he's not going to flood the whole world. And the rainbow is a sign of God's mercy and faithfulness to his promises. It says this angel's face was like the sun. Back in chapter 1, verse 16, when we saw Jesus in his glory, it says his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And it says that this angel's feet are like pillars of fire. Again, God led the children of Israel in the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so a pillar of fire is also symbolic of God. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you look at verse 3, when this angel speaks, his voice is like a lion's roar. And back in chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so everything in the description of this mighty angel, it reminds us of God. In fact, some excellent Bible teachers and commentators say that this is actually Jesus Christ and not an angel. And they say that because the description so closely resembles Jesus Christ. And so some commentaries that you read or some Bible teachers you'll hear say that this is Jesus Christ. I personally believe that it's an angel, but it's an angel that when you look at him, he resembles Jesus. And when he opens his mouth and speaks, you are reminded of Jesus. This mighty angel comes from the presence of God and he resembles God. He comes from the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven, and he resembles Jesus Christ. He has many of the same characteristics of Jesus. If you remember in the Old Testament, in Exodus 34, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, he met with God on Mount Sinai, and then he came down from the mountain. And do you remember when he came down from the mountain, his face was shining. His face was glowing. His countenance resembled the countenance of the Lord. He had spent time in the presence of the Lord. And when he came away from that time in the presence of the Lord, he resembled the Lord. His countenance resembled the Lord. This mighty angel resembles the Lord. He comes from the presence of the Lord resembling the Lord. And let me just say the same is true for you and for me. When you and I spend time with Jesus, when you and I spend time with Him in His Word, in prayer, just in the presence of the Lord, we begin to take on the characteristics of Jesus. 
If you spend time with Jesus, you'll begin to resemble Jesus. You'll begin to act like him and talk like him and sound like him. Others will be reminded of Jesus by you when they're with you and when you speak. And the more we spend time with him, the more we will be like him and the more we will be conformed into his image. I say praise the Lord to that, man, that he changes us. As we are with him, we become like him. And the more we're with him, the more we become like him. Unless we are like ourselves. (laughs) Praise the Lord. In verse 2, it says, He had a little book open in his hand. Now, it doesn't tell us what this book is. Some speculate as to what this book is, but the text doesn't tell us. And then it says, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And I love John's detail here. Remember, John is just writing down what he sees. And the detail that he gives here is his right foot was on the sea and his left foot was on the land. That must be one big angel. So he's got one foot on the sea. He's got one foot on the land. Now, when you read things like that, when you're reading the Bible, one of the things you want to ask is, where else do I see something like this in the Bible to help me understand and interpret what I'm reading here? Back in the Old Testament, when Joshua and the children of Israel were just outside the promised land and they were about to cross through the Jordan River and enter into the promised land, which, by the way, when we go to Israel next year, we'll stand there by the Jordan River where the children of Israel crossed into the promised land. But as Joshua and the children of Israel are there and they're about to enter into the promised land, the Lord God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you, as I said to Moses. The Lord said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I will give to you. And here in Revelation chapter 10, this mighty angel, we're told, puts one foot on the sea and he puts one foot on the land, symbolizing the whole earth, the land and the sea. And this angel stands on the earth in a posture of a conqueror and he's claiming the whole earth for God. God's going to give it and reclaim it. And at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus will ride down out of heaven on a white horse And he will take possession of the earth and claim it for himself and claim it for his people. Look at verse 3. This angel cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, in the Greek, there's a definite article there. It's these seven thunders. So it's talking about a specific seven thunders. These seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered 
and do not write them. These seven thunders, they said something. The seven thunders uttered their voices. And John understood what they said. And John is about to write down what these seven thunders said. Remember, he's just writing down what he sees and hears. And he's about to write down what these seven thunders said when he hears a voice from heaven, presumably the voice of Jesus Christ, and the voice from heaven said to John, John, don't write down what they said. Seal it up. John, just keep it to yourself. Don't write that down. And so John doesn't write it down. Don't you wonder what, he, what they said? And don't you know, if you were John's friend back then, you would have been like, John, come on, you can tell me. What did they say? I won't tell anyone, you know. Give me a hint. If I guess it right, will you tell me I've guessed it right, you know? What's the first word? You know, you would want John to tell you. But John doesn't tell us what these seven thunders said. It's sealed up. Now, there are many people on the internet who claim to know what the seven thunders uttered. So apparently... God didn't want John to reveal it to us. He wanted some guy on YouTube to reveal it to us. He was saving it for that guy to reveal. Listen, there are many books written about the utterances of the seven thunders and what the seven thunders said. And I don't know what they have in those books, I don't know if it's just a bunch of blank pages or page one says, I don't know, you know, the end. Thank you for 1999. But what's even more remarkable to me is that people buy those books. And some of those videos on YouTube have tens of thousands of views of people watching because for some reason... We want to know what God hasn't revealed to us. We're so curious and fascinated by what God hasn't revealed or what God has sealed and what God has kept from us. I think personally, I think it's just part of the sin nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve. Remember God said to Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the trees You're all free to eat everything here, except for this one tree. Why don't you stay away from this one tree? And what do they do? That's the one tree they went to, right? And here it is. God has sealed this up. He said, I don't want you to write that down. I don't want you to reveal that. And there's so many people that that's the one thing they want to know. They want to know what God hasn't revealed. When God has revealed so much to us. And people are are so... Uh, focused on trying to know what he hasn't revealed instead of what he has revealed to us. Listen, there are things that God chooses not to reveal to us. There are things that God chooses not to reveal to us in his word. There are some things that he has just sealed up that he doesn't want us to know for some reason or that we don't need to know for some reason. There are things that God doesn't answer for us. There are things that God just doesn't tell us why or how, or what. It just doesn't give us that information. He asked me how I know 
for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today and wish you could hear it again for it to fully sink in? Well, we have just the thing. All of our messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for These Teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that you'll find interesting. Are you growing through this study in Revelation? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.